0: Guys will just stand with the the pastor. That means a lot. And and you know they say a lot of times get behind him. I always say no, don't get behind him. Get with him. I get all kinds of marks back here from people behind me. You know, I just uh, I'm behind the preacher. But uh, you know, get with him. And God gives the, God gives a pastor a vision, and then he's responsible for the vision, and then people responsible for the provision. You know, let's fulfill that. Let's get it done. And he, he brings a pastor in to lead he puts a vision on his heart and gives him people to help fulfill that vision love him if he lays an egg just tell him on the way out that's a, we all know that was an egg but that's the best egg I ever heard in a, in a message you know, just be an encouragement that way I can even tell you what you ought to pay your pastor scripturally the Bible says to honor widows that are widows indeed and that deals with giving them exactly what they, what they need to live and then it said the pastor, especially those that labor in the Word, are worthy of double honor. It means you ought to look at the pastor, his family, and say, I don't see how they can get by on even less than this amount right here, Then double it. You're right. Amen. No God called man of God is in this thing to make money. You're right. You're right. But he ought to always be in a position that he doesn't have to pray for his needs. Yes, sir. And he ought to always be in a position he's able to give to help others because hes that's what he's going to that's what he's going to do, and uh, stand with the man, encourage him. You ought to thank God you got you got a pastor, that, you know, that'll preach truth to you and love you and, and want God's best on your life. And then the evangelist—I mean, you really ought to treat them well. I'm mean, just—that's uh, what the message is dealing with this afternoon. And uh, no, I'm, I'm God's been so good to us. I I, I like, you know, it's it's amazing, before my son preached, they they sang, Till the Storm Passes By. Tom Gibson's going to come up, let's sing, Till the Storm Passes By. I liked it for this session, they started off with, It Will Be Worth It All. Of course, they did follow it with, I'd Rather Have Jesus. (laughs) So, so go from there. Yeah, and that. and, and, you know, I, I didn't expect somebody to get up this first session just call me names the whole time. You know, but, uh, you know, but uh, man, that was good, wasn't it? And this thing about being honest, that's, uh, that's one of the greatest truths I've learned is that you can be honest with God. He knows anyway read the Psalms. How many times at the beginning of the Psalms it's, it's almost like they're complaining. Why stand that far off in time of trouble? Where are you? You know, they're just being honest. If I don't understand I can say, God, I don't understand. God, I'm, I'm confused. God, I'm hurt. God, this doesn't make sense. God, this stinks. You know? And you find when they are honest with God, by the end of the Psalm, they're praising God in the middle. God showed up and met with them. Maybe if we'd be honest with him, he'd meet with us You know, instead of playing the games. I'm going to leave my suit coat on though and my tie. <laughs> I'm just not ready to go down that road so many have gone. you know. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had a guy, say one time, we were in a meeting, it was just wonderful. Everybody just worshipped God in their own way. That may sound good, but you don't worship God your way. Yes, you're right, the guy you worship Him His way. Yes, He's a holy God. You don't get saved your way, you don't serve him your way, you don't worship him your way. It's all about him. That thing being honest really helps. I got a book I wrote on humility, only have a few autographed copies left. (laughs) uh, (laughs) uh, But we pray, Lord, you know, you search our hearts. You know know why we need him to search it? Because our heart is deceitful above all things. No, if I just look at my own heart, it's going to deceive me. It's deceitful. Above all things, it's the most deceitful thing in the world. Is my own heart, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? You heard somebody say, "Well, you know my heart." No, you don't even know it. You know. I mean, I, I may know your character as a whole, but I really don't. I don't even know my own heart. You know. So to ask God to search you you, you might be amazed. If, if honestly, no seriously, if honestly you'd get somewhere in God, what do you see? That whole name tag thing, what what do you see? You might be amazed, the things that He points out. You know, that you never thought of. I was in program the other day. Just my wife said, "You're in there a long. What are you doing?" I said, "Well, I just was confessing sin." She said, well, "It took a long time." I said, well, "I was done with mine a long time ago. I started on yours." And, uh, <clears throat> told the Lord I needed a break. I'll be back. And, uh, <laughs> she didn't buy that. I first got saved and got in church. I loved my preacher. And, you know, I, you know, I, I come across that verse, mark them that cause division. I don't You know, how do you mark somebody? I didn't know what that meant. I mean, I, I was old school I'm thinking that black eye that 'll mark somebody <laughs> and I thought you Chris, are supposed to be pacifists. We are you talk about my preacher i 'm pacifist right through your face you know, just uh, <laughs> and, uh, that's balance I just uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what happened to you? I asked complaining to brother Gibson about his preacher <laughs> just uh, <about> <laughs> anyway i'm not I, no i, I was not I' almost set up i not encourage you to do that but Sometimes maybe I yeah I don't know uh, Joshua chapter twenty four it's been alluded to already and again preacher thank you and uh, to the Pleasant View Baptist Church I'm telling you you've, you've gone above and beyond we've had a great week this week and revival it went by real fast which is usually a good thing if it goes by fast it means you're enjoying it I, I've been I've, I've preached a meeting for a month one week um, you know will this thing never come to an end you know. <laughs> that thing but been good and then all the plans and it's gone into this meeting as well and the guys that uh prepared the meat and all smoked man that was wonderful that was wonderful i don't know if there's leftovers or not they said there was four four tables out here and i didn't hit all of them so i might have missed something i'm not sure but uh but man that was wonderful thank you for the guys that did that i know there's a lot of time invested in that and all the sides and the prayers and all that's gone into this. And, and then for you that have come, thank you for taking of your day and, and being here. And of course, the prayer is it's been, this church has been praying, and, and, and I know, and others as well, that the, the prayer is that it would be a life changing day for somebody. You know. I won't give you something just practical tonight. I, I had a hard time um, distinguishing between teaching and preaching. When my son got up, this was teaching. This sounds a lot alike to me in, in both of them. My pastor used to always say, you can tell when I'm teaching or preaching. He says, when I'm teaching, I leave the Bible on the pulpit. When I'm preaching, I'll pick it up once in a while. So I, that's how you could tell the difference. But uh, our pastor, I, I don't get to get home much. I've, I've been there. I, it, well, I, it, We've been members there for I don't know almost two years. I've been there for three Sunday schools, and uh, he uh, I just lay out the others. I mean, I was home more, just didn't go. No, I'm just kidding. I've just been there but uh, three Sundays. And uh, he was up one time, and he's, he's preaching, and he says, uh, I know this is a lot of teaching, and he go a little while further. And he said, I, I know this is a lot of teaching, and he go a while further. I, I stopped him after I said, preacher, I said, it may seem like a lot of teaching on that side of the pulpit, but on this side of the pulpit, that was some good preaching, you know. And uh, so thankful for that. What a joy it is to be here. Thank you, Brother Potter, for that, and and the men here as well, and all all you that have come out. Joshua chapter twenty four. We're going to begin our reading verse number one, and and uh, will not be long. We we just ate a good meal and and uh, uh, such, and and so we'll, we'll not be long. And I've always said, if you don't know much, it doesn't take long to say it. But I've heard some, and so I don't say that anymore. I. I know some, he said, I'm going to give you something new you've never heard before. And I'm still not sure I've heard it. I didn't know where he was going in that old thing. But uh, I like it when it's down on the level where it's just simple. I've always tried to tell my boys, the man that knows it best says it's simplest. Just because the water's muddy doesn't mean it's deep. You know? And I'd uh, always put it down, just break it down on a level where it can be you know, the common people hurting gladly. I went to a meeting one time, and they were using words. I didn't know whether to amen or not. I wasn't sure what the words meant, you know. I had to get a dictionary to look them up. And, uh, and, and you know, just trying to impress everyone with their, I don't know. And I got up afterwards. I said, you know, I, I wanted to amen you, but I wasn't sure what you said, you know, to amen or not. But Jesus used big words, too, you know, like door, <laughs> vine, the way. He, he did that, yeah, anyway. Deuteronomy chapter 24, beginning verse number one. If you find it, if you don't mind standing with us one last time here, again, thank you for being here. Thank you for having the host in the meeting, and I tell you, and the privilege of preaching with, uh, with my boys is always a, always a highlight for us, and thank you for that as well. Joshua chapter 24 and, and uh, verse number one. And Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel, for their heads and for their judges and for their officers. And they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham and the father of Nahor, and they served other gods. And I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood and led him throughout all the land of Canaan and multiplied his seed and gave him Isaac. And I gave unto Isaac, Jacob, and Esau, and I gave unto Esau, Mount Seir, to possess it. But Jacob and his children went down into Egypt. I sent Moses also and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt, according to that which I did among them, and afterward I brought you out, and I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and you came under the sea, and the Egyptians pursued after your fathers with chariots and horsemen under the Red Sea. And when they cried unto the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians, and brought the sea upon them, and covered them, and... Your eyes have seen what I have done in Egypt and you dwelled in the wilderness a long season. And I brought to the land of the Amorites which dwelt on the other side, of Jordan. They fought with you and I gave them into your hand that you might possess their land and I destroyed them from before you. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab arose and warred against Israel and sent and called Balaam, the son of Beor, to curse you. But I will not hearken unto Balaam. Therefore, he blessed you still. So I delivered you out of his hand. And you went over Jordan and came into Jericho, and the men of Jericho fought against you, the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hittites, the Gergesites, the Hivites and the Jebusites, and I delivered them into your hand. And I sent the hornet before you, which drave them out from before you, even the two kings of the Amorites, but not with thy sword nor with thy bow. And I have given you a land for which you did not labor, and cities which you built not, and you dwell in them of the vineyards and olive yards which you planted not do ye eat. Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Father, again, thank you for the privilege we have. Once again, to be gathered in this place, <laughs> thank you for the men that have come out. And dear God, we pray our hearts to be open, receptive. Thank you for what we've heard, uh, and dear God, we we pray we we lay to heart the things that we've heard. And dear God, the prayer is that this will be a life changing day for some man. It'll, It'll change his, his life, it'll change his home, it'll change his heart. No, oh dear God, we pray you'd help us during this time now, please, to be a help. And God, this is such a, a practical, practical truth in your Bible. Help us to get it across in a simple way. And we'll certainly give you the praise for what you do. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Brother Paul, you want me to throw one of them waters? <laughs> I can catch is <laughs> an old man at this point I of like this is the last recorded thing that we have of Joshua before he dies we read just a little further and he dies at the age of 110 so he's an old man he gathers together all the, the, the elders of Israel their heads and so it's kind of like a big men's meeting and they've got an old man speaking to them. They couldn't find one for this meeting, an old man, so they brought me and my son in instead.
1: If you amen right
0: there, we'll cut 15 minutes off the message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're not for sale, but we can be rented. He gathers them all together and he begins to remind them of how good God has been to them. He goes back where he called Abram from what he calls the other side of the flood when they served other gods and he called them out. He began to talk about how he has blessed them. He's brought them into a land and all the things that he's given them that they did not deserve, they did not earn, but freely given to them. And it reminds them all of all the things that God has done and how good God has been to them. By the way, God has been good to us. Just the fact we get to live in America. You know the meal we had today? 70% of the world will never get anything like that. And we get it day after day. We choose what we want to eat, we choose how it's seasoned. We choose how it's cooked. We choose sides that go with it. We're spoiled people. I didn't do anything to deserve to live in this country. And I know she's got her faults, but she's still far better than number two. Somebody said the other day, man, it just looks like everything's falling apart. You know, you get your Bible, it's really just all coming together. And I've got the best of both worlds. I get to live in America while I'm here on earth. And I get to go to heaven when it's all said and done. Amen. Saved America. What in the world do we have to complain about? It reminds them of how good God has been to them. And none of them would argue with that. And then he says in verse 14, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth he says, God's been good to you and because God's been good to you, you ought to serve him. And you ought to serve him in sincerity and in truth. They talked about balance here a little while ago. That sincerity means you ought to be real. This is not just something we do, this is who we are. I, uh, as you know, was a first-generation Christian and not having a Bible growing up. I was kind of learning the Bible stories as my my children were learning them. First time I went to church and the preacher talked about preaching from the book of Job. I looked all over, couldn't find a book of Job. J-O-B was always Job to me. (laughs) I told that to somebody and they said, yeah, he said, first time I preached at the jail, I preached from the book of Concordance. He said, had four saved. I said, give me that outline. <laughs> and the truth is, we look back, there's probably a lot of things we did different within our home. As I've grown and learned over the years. Because we've got children serving the Lord, we get asked to speak. A lot of times at couples retreats or family deals and Often the question is asked, what's the what's secret? Because I like think everybody wants to see their children serving the Lord and living for Him. And I would always answer, I don't know what to say, it's just the grace of God. And my wife finally said, if there's anything that we could say, is that we tried to be real. We weren't perfect, but this was real to us. The Bible was real. Church was real. God was real. You ought to serve in sincerity. This ought to be something real to you. And then he said, in the truth, I not only want to be real, but I want to be right. You can be sincere and be sincerely wrong. So I want to serve Him. I want to be real in this, but also to be right in what I do. I heard a guy say the other day, I'm just too old to learn anything new, and I'm thinking, not me. If I could see it from the Bible, I want to change. I want to be right in what I do. So he said, God's been good to you, so because He has, you ought to serve Him. It ought to be in sincerity. This ought to be real to you, and it ought to be in truth. You ought to be right in what you do, It ought to always line up with the word of God. Then he said, put away the strange gods which your fathers served, the gods in Egypt, and serve the Lord. And then he says, and if it seemed evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. And he makes this famous speech, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's probably one of the most famous verses in the Bible as far as as wall decorations. Probably more homes have a portion of this verse, choose you this day, or as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. How many of you even know what your house looks like on the inside? I mean, mean, uh, the wives know what the decorations are and what color the rooms are and everything else, and that just, but they are the keepers of the home. So anyway, <clears throat> they know all that, but uh, you, you may have that somewhere, maybe hanging within your home. You might have to ask your wife: Do we have that somewhere in our home? In our home. Probably most. I've seen it in more homes. It's usually on the wall, right next to bring you all the tithes into the storehouse. Okay, maybe that one's not on the wall, but it is just as much Bible. But I think we've really missed the message that Joshua is proclaiming. He's 110 years old. He's about to die. He's just not now deciding that he and his family are going to serve the Lord. He makes a statement, choose you this day. The term this day is, is found over 300 times in the scriptures. Give us this day our daily bread. You know, this day is salvation, come to your house. And a day that God gives is a 24-hour period. And we take this verse and we try to put upon the urgency of making the choice today. And truly, if you're not saved, there is an urgency to make that choice today. If we got sin, there is an urgency to make that choice today. But Joshua's not talking about making a choice on this day. He's talking about making a choice for this day what are you going to do with this day? From the day I got saved, there's several 24-hour periods that God has given to me and a 24-hour period that I'll never get back. The sun comes up in the morning, what are you going to do with that day? How many of you get done in a day everything you want to get done? How many at the end of the day there's a bunch of stuff you didn't get done that you wanted to get done? Yeah, all this. The truth is I cannot get done in a day everything I want to get done. But since God knew I had twenty four hours, I can get done in a day everything God expected me to get done. So if I've got things left over, it probably means I put some things on the list too. And it's a matter of priorities. If there's anything left over at the end of the day, I want it to be something I put on the list, not something God put on the list. There's a difference between I chose one day to serve the Lord. There's a lot of people that, that one day they came and they said, okay, God, I choose to serve you. But looking at their life today, you'd never know that decision was made. There's a difference between I made a choice today, I'm going to start reading my Bible. Or to say, I made a choice, I'm going to start reading my Bible today. Choose you this day whom you serve. Many Christians fail in their Christian walk simply because they do not choose each day to serve him. Backsliding doesn't happen overnight. Somebody said the other day, you Baptists, you believe in backsliding. I said, we don't only believe in it, we practice it. Somebody said, well, I'm backslidden. You know the word backslidden isn't found in the Bible. Backslidden is a stationary, it's always backsliding. It never stops. It's simply because we failed to make the right choice on this day. Life's not made up of the dreams that you dream. Life is made up of the choices that you make. And you're free to make your own choices. But you don't get to choose the consequences. So I want to make the choices that have the best consequences. I I chose one day to serve the Lord, but if I do not if I fail to choose each day to serve Him, then I'll fail.
1: And he made this statement if it
0: seem evil unto you to serve the Lord. Isn't that a strange statement? It seems evil to serve the Lord. The word evil means this does not seem pleasant to you. This is not desirable to you. This is not something that you really want to put on the top of your list. It's a word from where we get our word inconvenient. If it's inconvenient for you to serve the Lord. Preacher, I, I got plans for my life. He does too. And we ought to be willing to say, here's all my plans, my dreams, my goals Dear God, I'll trade this for whatever you have for me. It's where we get our word unreasonable. If you think God is asking too much, that you serve him. Oftentimes people get that mindset when the preacher will say, man, you ought to be here Sunday school. You ought to be here Sunday morning. You ought to be here Sunday night. You ought to be here Wednesday night. They think them, that's just asking too much. Y'all to live this way, and y'all to stay away from this, and quit this. Y'all to start doing this, and we we "You're just, you're just, you're just asking too much." If it seems unreasonable unto you, inconvenient to serve the Lord, he said, "Then choose your day whom you will serve." What are you going to do with the day? You have a twenty-four hour period tomorrow. What are you going to do with it? And he lays out three choices. If it seemed evil unto you to serve this day, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood, what's he referring to Abram when he was on the other side of the flood, served other gods. He's all right, if you think God is asking too much, what are you going to do with this day? You're just going to live like the lost people? You're just going to go through the day and never open your Bible, never pray, never give God a thought and just live like every other lost man lives? Is that what you're going to do with the day? Or the God of the Amorites, whose land you dwell, they come to the land and they were told not to intermarry because it would uh, draw them away from their God. This is a picture of a a half-hearted Christian. You know how to act when you come to church, but you... Cannot completely different when you're out. It's like Lot. He he knew how to talk to the angels that come in, but he went on the outside, shut the door, and he called them brethren. He knew how to talk to the world as well. I mean, is that what you're going to be, just a half-hearted Christian? Come to church, maybe have your devotions, but the rest of the time just live like everyone else. I mean, what are you going to do with the day tomorrow? He said, you're just going to live like the lost live? You're going to be a half-hearted Christian? Preacher said it. What if every man in here really meant that? I'd rather have Jesus. The silver and gold. He said, you can do that if you want to, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This isn't a decision Joshua is just now making. You know how Joshua is still serving the Lord as an old man? He started as a young man making the decision, I choose this day to serve the Lord. Remember Moses was coming and and, and God got upset with the people and he said, I tell you, Moses, I'll still give you everything I promised you. I'll send an angel before you. The land is yours. Every promise I've given, it's still yours, but I'm not going with you because it's a stiff-necked people. You might call them stiff-necked. They wouldn't take the yoke on them. When you take a yoke on, it means somebody else is calling the shots. And Moses said, if you don't go, we're not going. The sad thing is, most people are content with God's provision and not interested in his presence. And they set up a tabernacle outside the camp and they said, anyone that wants to seek the Lord can go into the tabernacle. And you read and it says, as Moses went in the tabernacle, all the men stood in their tent doors and they watched as he went in. They were glad to have a leader that sought God. But not one of them went in. The Bible said there was one young man inside the tabernacle that stayed in there day and night. A man by the name of Joshua. This isn't something Joshua is just now doing. A long time ago, he said, dear God, I choose this day to serve you. And when the next morning come up, dear God, I choose this day to serve you. And when the next day come up, dear God, I choose this day to serve you. This Christian life is really not a difficult thing. It's just choosing each day to live for him. I don't know if I can live this thing. We we'll Just live it today. When I quit smoking about two weeks ago <laughs> the chewing's a lot better. I don't know why I burn up something that tasted so good. It, no, I'm, I'm, kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. When a pastor in Arkansas, you could tell when somebody was married that tobacco juice on both doors of the pickup truck. Oh, you think I'm joking? No, I'm not kidding. (laughs) And that was the deacon. Um, You you know, I I got under conviction. Man, it was such a tough thing. I get in church. Every time I come to church, the preacher preached on smoking. Every time. Every time. Every time. Looked at me, pointed at me. Everybody in church is looking at me. I wouldn't bring the cigarettes in. I'd leave them out in the glove box because I, I, I thought about always going out the parking lot and looking, just seeing what people have. No, I, anyway, I, I leave them in the glove box. And we get out of church. I tell my wife, give me those cigarettes. I'd roll down the window, throw them, Give me that light. I'd throw it out. That's it. I'm done. And the next day I'm driving by, I said, where would I throw them things out at? You know, just. To... <laughs> and I thought that's all he preached on. And I finally got victory and I went back to church. I'm just waiting for him to preach on smoking. He never mentioned it again. I went back and listened. He really didn't mention it that much before. But there was another preacher that was speaking to me. Whenever somebody says all the preacher preaches on is, what you're really saying is, my problem is our son Jerry, since we got Tom and Jerry since that's been brought up already, pastor's in Alabama and he called me here a while back and he said dad as Tom did earlier told you to open to Matthew 1 as we go to Romans 7 hold, put something to hold your place there and Jerry's preaching he says alright I want you to open here put something to mark this place and turn to another said just put something there your finger a tithing envelope some of you don't use it for anything else and just turn over here and just, just went on to preaching and he, he said after church his family came up to me and they were mad and I said well son they probably don't use it for anything else you throw a rock and a pack of dogs, one comes out yelping, got hit. I mean, it just, what do you what do? You do? <laughs> Verse 16 the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God, He it is that brought us up out of our, in our fathers, out of the land of Egypt, from the house of bondage, which did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way wherein we went and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drave out from before us all the people, even the Amorites, which were in the land. Therefore, we will also serve the Lord, for He is our God. I mean, the people responded right. If the preacher would stand up here and say, Hey, you know, God's been good to you, and He has. As a matter of fact, because, man, He saved you, and you sure didn't deserve that. Some of you put your home back together and he's been a good God to you. He's provided for you along the way and we would all say amen preacher and he said because of that you ought to serve him and you'd respond and say you're right preacher we're going to serve him. Look what Joshua said verse 19 Joshua said to people you cannot serve the Lord for he's a holy God. He's a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. If you forsake, Lord, serve strange gods, then will turn to you hurt and consume you after he has done you good. Joshua said, "No, no, no, no! God is not wanting just lip service. We know the right answers to give, but it says He's wanting somebody to be serious about truly serving." The answer, verse twenty-one. The people said to Joshua, "Nay, but we will serve the Lord." They said, "No, no, we're serious about this. We want to serve Him." The choice of serving Him, and like I said, "It'll be a choice, It it'll be the first thing you get up in the morning, dear God. I choose this day to serve You." The next day, dear God, I choose this day to serve You. For you know, just choosing a day turns you've served Him a week, and you've served Him a month, and you've served Him twenty years, you've served Him thirty years, you've. Served him 40 years. It's really not a difficult thing. It's just choosing each day to serve him. So Joshua responds. And he gives us, if you're going to choose to serve him, he said there's five things that he says are required. Look at verse number 22. Joshua said to the people, your witnesses against yourself that you chose you, the Lord to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses. The first thing it ought to be is a day of purpose. It ought to be when you get up in the morning that you purpose. I choose this day to serve him. Just a, just a conscious purpose that you make. Daniel purposed in his heart. Then everything Daniel did after that was on purpose because of what he had purposed. So it ought to be a day of purpose when the sun comes up in the morning. Dear God, I choose this day to serve you. and It starts off a day of purpose. If you don't purpose to serve him, you probably won't. So it ought to be a day of purpose. Verse 23, now therefore put away, said he, the strange gods which are among you. If I choose this day to serve him, then this has to be a day of purity. There's some things I cannot do today because I chose this day to serve him. There's some places I cannot go on the internet today because I chose this day to serve him. He talked about people. You know, here's the way sin works. The man brought his son to Jesus and said, he hath a spirit. The boy has a spirit. The next verse says, whithersoever he, the spirit, taketh him, the boy. It started off, the boy had the spirit. Ended up, the spirit had the boy. And sin is that way. And he said, he pineth away. It's destroying him. If thou can do anything, have compassion and help. It starts off, you have the sin, and you think you can handle it. And I'm just telling you there's not a one of us that can handle it and I feel for this generation to come up because of the internet and the phones and everything is so accessible today. It's accessible it's affordable but you don't realize how addicting. We had a couple, two couples I think of within the last church I pastored that both brought up in Christian homes. One within the church I pastored, the, la- the young lady was, the man was brought up in another church and, and uh, family faithfully served, Christian home, both went to Christian school. This young lady within our church, godly young lady. They got married and we performed a ceremony and about a little over a year into the marriage, she comes in and finds him on the phone looking at pornography. She's crushed. To a woman, it's more than a physical. To her, it's the emotional. They thrive on relationships. She's in the office just wet. I called the young man in and he began to admit he's got a problem. I said, when did this start? He said, when I was twelve. You be careful what you give your children allow them to have access to. The devil's after them while they're still young. She's crushed. Had another couple, both raised within good independent Baptist churches and Christian families, Christian school. They moved in our area. They were in our church. She found he'd set up an, another website where he's portraying himself as single. Found out there's been other women. And she's in the office, just broken. Called him in. He began to admit he had a problem. As a matter of fact, we had Dave Brady's got some material back there. We had him work with both these couples. Brought him in and asked, When did this start? He said, When I was about 12. Put no confidence in the flesh. I know that in me, that in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. We already heard the hearts desperately deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. The Bible says, he that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. In every chick flick they watch, somewhere in there, you just got to follow your heart. You're not meant to follow your heart. The proverb said, my son, be thou wise and guide thine heart in the way. So I'm not meant to follow my heart. I'm to guide my heart. How in the word that guide my heart? When my wife and I got our marriage back together, our heart was not in it. And I just, I didn't want to just, you know, we, we got people married a lot of years. I don't understand in this generation. We stuck it out. Like you want some kind of a, award for winning a battle, you know. <laughs> I don't want to feel like I stuck it out. I don't want I want to get my heart in it. When it comes to my Christian life, I want my heart in it. And you guide your, how do you guide your heart? Matthew six twenty-one, one of the most misused verses in the Bible. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Most people take that verse, I can tell you where your, your, heart, your, your, your heart is because where you put your treasures, that's where your heart is. That's not what it says. It didn't say where your heart is, that's where your treasures go. It said for where your treasure is currently, right now there will your heart be. You guide your heart with your treasures. Your treasures is your time, your thoughts, your efforts, finances. And where you put your treasures, you're guiding your heart. That's why so many get on the internet, end up running off with somebody and, well, you know, I'm just following my heart. No, you guided your heart. So, what I need to do is find where my heart is supposed to be and put my treasures there. My heart is to be to my wife and her alone. So, that's where my thoughts and my efforts, my energy, that's where it ought to be. My heart ought to be toward my church. My heart ought to be toward God. That's where my treasures ought to be. But I chose this day to serve Him, so this has got to be a day of purity. There's some words I can't use today. He said, You mean you think about using bad words. I pastored people. There's a lot of things that went through my mind. (laughs) Our our boys were not allowed to say the word F-A-R-T. They had to say fluff. That was my my wife's doing. They couldn't say B-U-T-T. They had to say hiney. They were grown up Working on a crew, putting on the roof, and they said, Mom, you don't know how these people look at us when we say, I just had a fluff come out my hiney. (laughs) It'll help them. I, uh, I can't lose my temper today. That's one of the worst things before I got saved was my temper I'd throw things, I'd punch holes in the wall It'll, you'll break a finger doing things like that I'd punch holes in the wall throw things, used to play in a rock band I'd be at the house playing, my wife would go out and just smash the guitar against the tree real smart one time I went to punch a hole in the wall and I hit a stud and my wife said, didn't break it did you? I said, I'm thinking I did. He <laughs> said, oh, I lost my temper. No, no, you didn't. You still got it. You'd be better off if you lost it. Those are the first things when I got saved that God took away from me. There's some things he takes away when you get saved and some things he wants you to quit. Wouldn't it be good if you just took it all away? But sometimes he wants you to, to just make a choice, him, over your sin. And now it's like uh, my wife will say, well, doesn't that upset you? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm riled. How come you don't get angry? Oh, I am. I am fuming. <laughs> I just wish you'd get mad sometime." You just don't know how angry I am. Don't push me. This is real. Hmm. Yeah. Husbands, love your wives. Be not bitter against sin. That word bitter is where we get our word sharp. Short. I can't do that today. No, because I chose this day to serve him. Now, if you mess up in the day, it doesn't mean you throw the rest of the day away. Say, so, well, oh, I blew it. No, no, you just stop say, dear God, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that because I chose this day to serve you. Help me to live the rest of the day serving you. I can't drink liquor today. No drugs today. I chose this day to serve him. verse 23 now therefore put away said he the strange gods among you and incline your heart unto the lord god of israel it ought to be a day of pursuing you say what do you mean we got these things i don't know who invented it one of the greatest things it's a big old overstuffed chair it's got a lever on the side and you pull the lever and the feet go out and the head goes back it's called a uh recliner yeah Got got just enough room on each side for a grandchild. Never had room for children, but plenty of room for grandchildren. And uh, and just one of the greatest things ever been invented. To recline means to lean back. To incline means to lean forward. Incline your hearts to God. It ought to be a day of pursuing Him. That means if I chose this day to serve Him, then I I want to, it means I do have time for my Bible today. Because I chose this day to serve him. And I want him to speak to me today. And I want to be drawn closer to him today. And I want to make changes in my life today. I want to love him more today. You said we ought to love him with all our heart. You know what that statement means? It means I could not possibly love him more than what I do. But then it also means somehow, though you can't love him anymore, you find that you do. I remember our twentieth anniversary. I thought, man, I really love my wife now, man. This, woo, I thought I loved her at ten. No, no, twenty. This is this. Then at thirty years of marriage, just like, oh no, I, I didn't understand it twenty years. Like, this is this, and that. Now that it's been forty-seven years, I, I'm, I'm telling you, it ought to be that I love him with everything I got. But somehow, it just keeps growing. I ought to be drawn closer to him today. Because I chose this day to serve him. Verse 24. And the people said to Joshua, the Lord our God, will we serve his voice? Will we obey? It ought to be a day of performing. It ought to be a day of obeying. Whatever it is he speaks to you about. We're listening for the purpose of, of obeying. Verse 25. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and sent them a statute. A statute is a set time of doing something and an ordinance. An ordinance is instructions on how to do something. They got city ordinances sometimes, instructions that are laid down. So Joshua is saying there's a set time and here's some instructions. At the end of the day, it ought to be a day of preparation. You say, what do I mean? At the end of the day to say, dear God, this was a good day. Help me to go ahead and prepare to do the same thing tomorrow. It's been a good day walking with you today. Dear God, help me in the morning to make this same choice. Just 24 hours away from blowing everything. All it takes is one day not to choose to serve At a time when kings go forth to battle... David tarried still at Jerusalem. Yeah. The Bible says, verse 29, verse 28, so Joshua let the people depart, every man to his inheritance. And it came to pass after these things that Joshua the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died being 110 years old. And they buried him in the border of his inheritance at in Timnath Seir, which is in Mount Ephraim on the north side of the hill of Gaash. And Israel served the Lord all the days, each and every day of Joshua. And all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua. The Christian life is really not a tough thing, man. It's just choosing this day to serve him. And then do it again Tomorrow. And do it again the next day. Y'all are somewhere in your house, maybe on your bathroom mirror, somewhere, just, just put the little sign, did I choose this day to serve the Lord? We've got it all in our houses, but we've, we've missed it. It's not a choice you made, to, no, no it, it's not a choice you made on a day, it's a choice you made for this day. Then make it again for the next day. And the next day, and if it seem evil unto you, serve the Lord. Choose, choose you this day whom you will serve. What are you going to do with your life tomorrow? You do what you want. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Father, thank you for the, night, the day you've given to us. Thank you for your Bible. What an amazing, amazing book. Help us now. Dear God, it's really not a difficult thing. You said your commandments are not grievous. It's just a matter of choosing this day to serve you. So there's some things we must do today because of that, and there's some things we cannot do today because we've made that choice. Just help us to make the right choices. And this choice of getting up first thing and choosing to serve you, to purpose that in our heart. Then everything we do after that is on purpose. Because we purposed that. Bless your people today. And we'll give you the praise for all that you do for we ask it in Jesus' name as we stand to our feet he begins to play God dealt with your heart maybe it's to make that decision dear God help me each day to choose this day to serve you and if you do it means alright this is the day there's some things I can't do today because I chose this day to serve him I've got to climb my heart to him today I chose this day to serve him I may not be able to get done everything I want to get done but I definitely want to get done everything that He wants me to get done on this day. He knew I had 24 hours. That's why we need to redeem the time. Be not unwise but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine where's an excess but be filled with the Spirit. Did you choose this day to serve the Lord? If it's inconvenient for you, if it just doesn't seem pleasant, then what are you going to do with your day? Are you just going to live like the lost men live? Are you going to be a half-hearted Christian? Is that really what you want? Is that really what you want to pass down to you, the next generation?